And in 2008, when we launched Beats, there was a big recession, you know, and that recession, people weren't spending a lot of money. And we were coming out with a $300 headphone and retailers were like, you'll never be able to sell that. You know, but miracles do happen because if you teach somebody <laughs> it's that good, it's kind of like I have to tell somebody, it's like fashion. Why do people buy Jordans for $500? Why do they buy Jordans for $1,000? You know, and these are kids that are wearing $300, $500 Jordans. They'll work three jobs. They'll beg their parents. They'll tell their grandma. They'll save all their Christmas money. They don't care. They got to buy those shoes. They got to buy them. You know, they have to have them. Welcome to the Miracle Academy. This is your host, Scotty Cooper. And this is where miracles are expected. Welcome to the Miracle Academy. I'm your host, Scotty Cooper. Today I have a very special guest that I've, I've known my pretty much my entire life. This is Tom Land. Uh, Tom Land also goes by Tommy Land. A lot of uh, people in the industry know him. He's got one of the most incredible stories. Like he's one of the most connected people I know and just everyone loves him. And I think like one of the things that my family always talks about is like how pure your heart is and yeah. just how good your soul is and how everyone that knows you just loves you. Oh, I appreciate that. That's awesome, man. Thank you so much. Yeah. So thanks for being on the Miracle of Academy. Course, yeah. I would just like to let you kind of talk about your story and sure what you've been able to do in your life is just incredible. Yeah, it's a really amazing road to success. You know, I tell people I've lived a hundred lives, kind of like a cat, you know, <laughs> they get nine lives. I've, I've lived them all. You know, I started here in Orange County, grew up in Orange County, lived in Anaheim, went to Anaheim High and went to Cal State Fullerton. And so, you know, this is kind of my home where we're sitting at right now. I put myself through school doing electronics back in the day and selling on a high fly floor where, you know, selling big speakers and big $5,000 systems and big screens and camcorders and crazy stuff. And always being the first in technology and the leader in technology and worked at places like the good guys that you people might've been to in the past or the circuit cities of the world. And, you know, when hi-fi and it was fun to, have big sound and the best products uh, around. I was always driven on the sales floor and always wanted to be the best what I did and became one of the top sales managers and top one of the store managers at Circuit City. And it was kind of funny because back when I worked in uh, electronics, people come from all over the world to come to Anaheim. Everyone knows why they come to Anaheim, right? Because they go to Disney. Well, back in the day, it was so funny because when you get all these Asian people in or these tourists that want to go to Disneyland, they would buy these cameras from us. And back then, a camcorder wasn't a camcorder. You didn't have it as a recorder. You just had a camera. And then you had the VCR backpack on your back that recorded it. And then you had a big belt of batteries that you walked around, you know, and so you were walking around with a camera and a VCR on your back and all these batteries. And it was so funny that people would spend $5,000 for that type of camera system back in the day. And now we have this thing called an iPhone and that everything you used to carry on your back is in one little thing you put in your pocket. So I would, that's the type of technology I sold back when it was Betaverse VHS and it was things like that. I went on, you know, with my career and went from the selling on the sales floor retail side to the manufacturing side and uh, worked at a company called Monster Cable, which a lot of people might have bought in hi-fi big cables for their car or they might have bought you know, one of the products, but a lot of people are unaware that Monster was the manufacturer that actually started Beats by Dr. Dre, the headphones, and made all the products for Beats by Dre. It was interesting how the 
concept came about because you know making a headphone we knew we wanted to get a artist to you know be part of the company and promote the brand and at this time in 2007 when we were looking for somebody the biggest artist in the world that year was Kanye West and he did college dropout and we thought Kanye would be such a great person to have for the headphone I was able to tour with Kanye for about a year you know on his college dropout tour and meet him in different cities and be able to interact and it was great because on that tour we had Common and Keisha Cole and Fantasia from America's Got Idol and that was the people on tour with us. I was able to see the behind the world of hip-hop and live the world of hip-hop and how they travel and what they do and of course the after parties and uh, <laughs> which we can't talk about because you know we don't have enough time to talk about all those great stories but um, I will say one thing about Kanye when he throws a party there's nothing like a Kanye party because he goes all out when he throws a party. It's pretty pretty amazing. We were going to call it Beats by Ye, actually, and we weren't going to be Beats by Dre. That was our, our theme we did. It just never worked out between Kanye and Monster, so we ended up going with Dr. Dre, and we actually started Beats by Dre with Dre, and it was pretty amazing. And as you know, we went from zero to a billion dollars. But throughout that time, you know, I got to go to Super Bowls and Grammys and Oscars and meet tons of different people because we sponsored tons of events throughout the world. And I actually flew about 300 days a year I traveled, was average for almost 18 years I worked at Monster. So I've been to almost every country in the world, almost every major event you can imagine in the world. Met every superstar within basketball or baseball or football you can imagine, going to all the Super Bowls. I worked with great people like Drew Brees and Bryce Harper, Mike Trout, you know, Albert Pujols, pretty much anybody in baseball or football you can imagine and having access to NBA locker rooms and Olympic locker rooms and locker rooms like the Yankees and the Wizards and anybody you can possibly imagine in sports. Wow. Just because of Beats by Dre was allowed me to do that, do the marketing and concepts we did through marketing. So when you guys first saw the opportunity for for Beats by Dre, how did that how did that start? Well the thing is is at that time, you know, if you see the evolution of sound and the evolution of audio, you know, A track was a big deal. And after 8-track, you had albums and you had 45s, right? And you had LPs. You know, back in the day, people had their record players and they were really big in the audio. And then, of course, records went away and something came out called a CD. And CD became the new digital sound. And it didn't have that warm feeling to it. It wasn't the same type of sound. And a lot of people were reluctant to go to digital and to do that digital type of sound in a CD because um, it was just so different. I remember people back in the day said, oh, that'll never take off. And when people says never, you know they're always wrong. It always, <laughs> it always takes off. But And then I remember one time saying the CD will never go away. The entire music industry changed, and so did the world of hi-fi when digital music became digital. And the iPod really changed the way everybody in the type of hi-fi world listened to sound. And when Apple created the iPod and you could store all your music digitally and take it with you everywhere you go, and you had your own catalog, well, there was no need for CDs or no need for albums. Really, it ruined the music industry because artists then didn't have the same type of, you know, musicians anymore. And it even got deeper than that because now you can make albums and really record in your basement. Need for Big Studios wasn't around anymore. And the way that people went to Tower Records, no one bought albums anymore. So it kind of, that was the way that people made money by selling music. And you couldn't sell your music anymore the same way because now everything was digital. The problem you had with that was, as a kid, my parents had a big hi-fi system and big speakers in the house, 
and you could really listen to it. And if you think to yourself, when you go to a nightclub and you feel the music and you hear the bass and like you're really into it because the sound's overwhelming and people put big sound on their cars, right? Because you wanted that big sound. But then we were okay by taking two little white earbuds and sticking in our ears and taking all the bass away and taking all the highs away and basically taking music down to nothing. When you think about the artist, the way they spend so much time in the studio making their music, you know, and engineers and all the time going into making a song or an album sound so good. And then for someone to listen to it in the worst way possible was just, you know, we knew we had something because today everybody, the younger generation in 2010, the only way they were listening to music is in basically white earbuds that were wired that came with their Apple iPod. And so we knew if we could teach them about better bass, better highs, you know, better mid-range, a full scope of music, or how would you like to hear your car stereo on your head, basically, you know, and so that was our concept. And then getting a, a great marketing person like Dre to be part of it, you know, we went from zero to a billion dollars in five years, wow. you know, yeah. And my job was basically to, you know, go around the entire world and sell it into retailers and also train people on why sound was better and why beats was better. And at that time, of course, uh, Bose was the number one headphone in the world for noise canceling. But that was something really that your dad bought or your grandfather bought because they were $400 or $300 and you really couldn't afford that. Most people wouldn't buy that for a headphone. But, you know, we had to explain to people. And in 2008, when we launched Beats, there was a big recession, you know, and that recession, people weren't spending a lot of money. And we were coming out with a $300 headphone and retailers were like, you'll never be able to sell that. You know, but miracles do happen because if you teach somebody it's that good, it's kind of like I have to tell somebody, it's like fashion. Why do people buy Jordans for $500? Why do they buy Jordans for $1,000? You know, and these are kids that are wearing $300, $500 Jordans. They'll work three jobs. They'll beg their parents. They'll tell their grandma. They'll save all their Christmas money. They don't care. They got to buy those shoes. They got to buy them. You know, they have to have them. And when fashion becomes bigger than the sound or the image of a brand becomes so big that people have to have it, they'll do anything to buy it. And so you just have to create that image and you have to be, you know, you have to think different. It's kind of Apple. That was their whole technology, right? Think different. When you look at Apple, what they did, 90% of all your friends have an iPhone, right? iPhone changed the entire world. Today, we all have our iPhones or you have Android, but either way, they're both digital, but most people have Apple and most people buy an Apple phone and a new phone just came out, the, the, the 12 Pro, right? It's $1,200. Think about it. everybody has a $1,200 device. You know, I mean, they make it easy to buy because they just put it in your payments. You really don't even realize you spent $1,200, but you do spend $1,200. But what's funny is the next generation phone comes out a year later and you have to have it. It's no better than the one you had before, but the marketing is so good that they make you want to buy it. So they added a third little camera and now they call it pro and it doesn't do much more, but you're going to spend another 1200 to get it, you know, cause you already had high definition, but that is the marketing Apple. They think different. You know, I think in life, if, if you're not different or don't create differential, be different somehow, then that differentiality changes why your restaurant's successful or why your brand's successful or why individuals are successful because they do things differently. And that's what we did. We created, a whole different headphone that was for a different consumer and a different genre of music than anybody did before. And it was mainly based for urban marketing and hip hop. 
and we went after that hip hop, you know, culture that was thriving at the time, you know, and it was really amazing. That was something. So today, Tom actually did some training with our, our whole team and our doctors and our doctors to be. And one of the big things you talked about was differentiation. Yeah, differentiation. And could you touch on that a little bit? Yeah. So, you know, being whenever you want to be better at something or, or you have to have some type of vision that you want to accomplish. And so those are goals. Some people, they say they're dreams or whatever they are. And one of my friends taught me one day about a word called discipline and being disciplined in my diet or being disciplined in my training or being disciplined in life and being disciplined in your relationships. And he said, I was missing discipline in my life. And I asked him, well, why am I not disciplined? And he said, well, you're overweight right now and you used to not be, and now you're just happy and fat. And I kind of looked at him and he was right. And I'd stopped going to the gym. I was on a seafood diet, which if you know what that diet is, you <laughs> seafood and you eat it, you know? So whatever you want to eat. And um, I unfortunately love in and out too much and I could eat it every single day. And you know, I'm the drive-through king. And in America, we're all drive-through kings because it's fast, it's convenient. And when we do that and we don't take care of ourselves, you lose discipline in yourself and you let your body go. When your body goes, Unfortunately, so does your mind. You don't realize this, but because you're not strong-minded to be able to eat right. And when he taught me the discipline back in my life, I was basically at that time 195 pounds, the most I'd ever weighed. I'm only 5'8", and my right body weight's only 165. So I had to get discipline back in my life, and that discipline was to stop eating meat. And I went cold turkey on it, and I didn't eat meat for like almost three years. And I just really ate chicken, fish, and vegetables, and I cut down my diet, and I went to the gym every day. And actually, when I turned 50, I was in the best shape of my life when I turned 50 because of my friend having lunch with me and talking about discipline. Now, this particular friend of mine is a multi-multi-millionaire. He's very successful. And he looks like he's 35 years old. And he's my age. And I'm 57 now. And, but he has discipline in everything he does. So I had to live, learn about discipline in my life and, and really about my diet. And if you have discipline in your workouts and discipline and you, and you train all the time, that's what successful people do because, but those people are different than average people because the average American doesn't do that. The average American doesn't work out. California is a little different because people are a little more workout, a little more friendly and the diet in California is different. But you go to the Midwest and it's all steaks and potatoes and everybody's bigger than the Midwest. It's just, they eat fried food. It's just what it is, but you got to be different. But, you know, it's different in your personal life, different in your business life. But once you create something, differentiality to a business and is better, and that's why Cooperstown, if you come in here and you have the experience in Cooperstown, it's not a normal office. The experience you get here, first of all, they truly care about the patients, which in today's world, people just really don't give you the care. And if you go to a general doctor, you're just a number and you walk in there. Here, they, they, they know your name. They, they know your lifestyle. They know what you're into. And it's really amazing that different experience you get here because it's hands-on. This is years because I've known Dr. Cooper for since we were young guys on the sales floor. But um, when he went on to be a chiropractor, I really didn't believe in that type of stuff, you know, and that's all he talked about was, you know, health and wellness and how good this was. And I was a store manager at Circuit City in Brea. And one day I went to pick up a pen off the floor and I threw my back out. And three days later, I was going to Jamaica for the first time before my first vacation. I couldn't even walk. I couldn't even stand up. It was crazy. So I said, okay, I'm going to call my, my brain can and see what he can do for me. 
And I said, Ken, I just threw my back out. He said, stop everything you're doing, come to the office right now. And then three days later, I was, I was going to fly to Jamaica. At the time I was big in volleyball, always active playing tennis. And I couldn't wait to go on my vacation. I honestly thought I wasn't gonna go on my vacation because I, was, I couldn't even stand up right. Well, I got to the office, he adjusted me, looked at my situation. He said, oh, you'll be fine. Well, I didn't even believe him because I still was in so much pain. And he said, you're gonna need two, two treatments a day for three days and you're gonna be just fine. I came back that afternoon, he adjusted me again. And I felt pretty amazing. I walked out of there straight up and I didn't have the pain. He adjusted me the next day and the next day. The next day I got on the plane, I'm gonna just make it on the fourth day playing volleyball. Like it never happened. I'm like, oh, so chiropractic, that stuff works, you know? And like, it just changed my life because like I never really understood, but I never, so we used to have this thing we'd say, you know, like you have a disease, but there's no cure for it. Or you have a disease, but you don't know the cure. So a lot of people have a cure, but they don't have a disease. Like I had a cure to make everybody's speakers sound better with bigger speaker wire, but people didn't know they had a disease. We had to educate them that, hey, your speakers aren't getting all the sound because you don't use the right wire. So they had a disease, but they didn't know it. It's kind of like, you know, your body, there's always issues going on with your body, but a lot of times, you know, you don't even recognize all the issues going on with your own health or your own wellness until something like that happens and then you have to go. Well, then it's too late because you keep letting it, manifest and manifest instead of just taking care of yourself all the time, you know? So Dr. Cooper kind of changed my life and, and health and wellness and like taking care of myself and being regularly adjusted and just living a different type of lifestyle, you know, being more, more healthy and more awareness because when you're younger and you're in your twenties, you feel invincible. Like you can take on the world and you're never going to be sick and you can never do anything wrong. But now that I'm older, you know, I've learned that you have to take care of yourself 10 times harder than you ever did before, mm -hmm. you know, in life because you just, your body breaks down. Yeah. So what did that, what did that open for you in your mind and like emotionally and mentally, like how did that change kind of the way you looked at everything? What was funny is, you um, know, as education goes in our lives, you've got to be so open-minded and you're only an expert in what you're good at, right? You're not an expert in everything else, whether it's financial or, you know, marriage or whatever it is you might be doing or other people's practices. And the best thing to do is like the Internet is so overwhelming now. There's so much information on there, but it can be so confusing because what's good information, what's wrong information and what's what what is right? Because there's so many different people talking about so many subjects and you don't know the source of the subject. So you don't even know if it's credible or not. So, you know, research and stuff like that. But what I've found out now is, you know, I, I, I'm not a chiropractor, you know, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a, a physician, you know, I don't know physics well, you know, that's not what I do. But I like to know people that are really, really the best at what they do and pick their brain because they have that type of knowledge that they can help you with it. You know, and, you know, there's experts in every in society and everything, you know, and that's why the best athletes in the world, they train different. They have a different mentality. They're first to practice. They're last to leave. And yeah, you know, they're the ones winning World Series games. And they're the ones like the GOAT, like Tom Brady. This one is seventh at over 40 years old. First of all, you know, I would just say I'm not a Tom Brady fan. <laughs> like, I could say it on camera. But... He's the best player and I respect him because of how good he is, you know? 
and I wanted the Chiefs to win so bad this year because <laughs> Mahomes is so young. I wanted him to get a second, but he didn't. And I, there Brady, who wins it. But you got to look at this guy and his type of mentality. And I was listening to after the Super Bowl about how he goes out. And, and, and for him, it's not about winning the – it's about the process, they said. He's about the process. A lot of NFL players quit the NFL because of the process, because it's so hard to maintain that type of level of all the work you got to put in and all the hours you got to put in and the discipline you have to have to do that and the mindset. Very few people can do that in their lives. Tom Brady's wired different. He loves the process. And see that process, like going to the gym. If you love the gym and you love the workout, it's not what you're trying to achieve. It comes with it because of the process allows you to become great or better or better fit. Tom Brady loves the process. Now it scares me that he might win another Super Bowl and be 46 years old. And he's definitely going to be probably the oldest NFL player ever. And he might have one or two more rings in the guy. Why? Because he's not wired like the rest of us. He's wired to love the process of it. And I heard this interview recently and his wife, you know, the supermodel, she went up to him right after the game and whispered in his ear and said, what else do you have to prove? And he changed the subject and walked away <laughs> because he's wired different. He's not there to prove about the winning the Super Bowl. He has to do the process. He's addicted to the whole, his fitness, the way he eats, the way he trains, that. But when you look at his success and what he's done with that, I admire it. I just love that concept of that greatness of, because why? His discipline is more than anybody's discipline you've ever seen because he's disciplined for that process. But his training and his differentiation on how he goes to work is different than most people. And that's what allowed him to be a seven-time champion. Yeah. So that's differentiation and that's discipline. And those, they, they go together, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What were some of the other ways that you differentiated either yourself or your brand? Well... One thing is, you know, taking more time with people and being a brand, you have to be, you want to be the top brand. And one thing about us is we spent more money on marketing than we did, you know, basically than we had made as a company. The first few years, we just market, market, market. And, you know, uh, our partnerships that we made with Monster, and it goes beyond Beats because... You know, we were able to go partner with Nike and partner with Adidas and partner, uh, you know, companies like Chanel and companies like Diesel and some of the biggest companies that never did collaborations. You know, Disney never collaborated with one other company. They're Disney. They don't do collaborations. But our company was named Monster. And when they came out with Monsters, Inc., it was a great way to collab Monsters, Inc. and Monster Cable. And we did a great thing with Disney where Sully was holding a Monster Cable HDMI. And it said, if you want the monstrous picture, you know, use a Monster Cable. And Sully was in every store, this 12-foot Sully holding a Monster Cable. And people said, but Disney never partners with anybody. But if you give them the right concept and it makes sense, two brands can work together. And that, that concept ended up being one of the greatest, you know, marketing concepts we ever did. Monster meets Monster. You know, and everybody was buying Monster Cable. That was, that was a great concept. And then we went on, you know, to work with Disney and do other things with them and other promotions and other great things. And I got to work on the film studio side 
and meet the president of the studios and work with people on the set at you know Buena Vista or the Disney Studios off the 134. And it's a really cool place. You can tour it like you can Universal. A lot of people just don't go because it's a, a smaller you know studio. But uh, up by the president's office, they have the Seven Dwarfs up there. And it's a really cool thing. And you, you can't see it from the outside. You can kind of see it from the freeway a little bit if you know where it's at. But when you go there and you can actually see it, what was pretty amazing, talk about differentiation, all the elevators at the studio look like hospital elevators because he was so scared that the studio film studio would fail that he built the elevators all to be a hospital if it failed. <laughs> he was thinking forward. Yeah, so all the big elevators, they're like hospital elevators, really big. You, you can fit a car in them when you're there. They, they, they told us the story when we were there. So I thought that was kind of great. At that time, Pirates of the Caribbean was really, really big. And uh, they were filming the sets of the Pirates of the Caribbean. And uh, we got invited to actually the largest red carpet in the world. They had it at Disney in Anaheim. The whole cast of the Pirates came and they actually had it on Tom Sawyer's Island. And they put the screen out on Tom Sawyer's Island and they built the, the stands all back in the back, you know, back kind of by where Pirates of the Caribbean is. And so there was water, you know, from the island out there and the place was quiet, you know, and they had a lot of celebrities and stuff. And Kobe came and Kobe brought his kids to watch. He was invited and a lot of celebrities and stuff. And it was really a great experience. And uh, about 10 minutes in, you know, it was really quiet and everybody's watching the beginning of the Pirates and ducks flew from the water. And I yell out, man, Disney's so good. That looked like 3D. Those ducks look so real. <laughs> everybody started laughing <laughs> yeah but um it was, it was it was really amazing to work with disney and see how they go you know because they're such a big company and they're the best at what they do i mean it's just talk about differentiation the way they clean their parks the way they think about how they train their employees think about the detail and the thought process when walt was such a, a visionary person at the time he built disney you know he, he did it you know at such a, a low cost and his vision for the happiest place in the world, I mean, still today, I mean, I grew up in Anaheim and I'm, I'm sad that, you know, Disney's been closed for a year and you can't even go. You, you, you know, I just bought tickets to go to Orlando because I'm excited to go back to Orlando just to go back to Disney. But the little kid, I think, is always inside of you mm -hmm. as how you grew up going to there and you always want to go to get that excitement. But I look at it different from a, a lot of perspectives. I look at it from the business side and what he did with movies and, and, and just built a, I mean, billions and billions in, in revenue. And why? Because people want to be happy, you know? And I think today where the world is and with all the turmoil in the world and with COVID and people staying home and scared to go out to dinner and just the way everybody is in the world, I think Disney's maybe one of the greatest places to maybe re-go back and live your happiness because it's the happiest place on earth, you yeah. know? That's cool. I'm not promoting Disney. I'm just saying it's, <laughs> you know, it's just a great place to be. Right. If you like Magic Mountain or roller coasters, it's good too. <laughs> you told us earlier about some other uh, collaborations you had that I thought was really interesting. Yeah. So, you know, um, one of the, the coolest products we ever did was, you know, Chanel doesn't partner with everybody. And Chanel is such a high-end product. And most people can never afford Chanel. You know, uh, we did a collaboration with them where we made 350 headphones they have 350 stores and the headphones sold for eight thousand dollars a piece and uh really really super hard to get 
I have bought every product ever made, but I never got one of those because <laughs> at $8,000, they were very, very, and uh, they sent them to the stores early before the launch date. So it was kind of a, a fair, everybody that could afford to buy $8,000 headphone could buy one. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And I, I, I worked with uh, Drake a lot and I got to make his headphones for his birthday party and I got to spend a lot of time with him. And he's a big Chanel collector and he was one of the guys that got a Chanel headphone from Monster. And uh, that was a big deal for him to get a Chanel because he has a great collection of Chanel products. So one of the things that, you know, we were talking the other day about how when you were on the sales floor, one of yeah. the things that was most important to you was making people feel good about themselves and kind of going along with the happiness you mentioned. Yeah, well, I think being different in what you do and, you know, figuring out ways to make every customer feel different. So back in the day that you'd never find a retailer to do this now, but we, if someone bought a VCR or a camera, we'd walk them to their car, shake their hand and thank them for their business and, you know, tell them, hey, it's okay, I'm on commission. Please let your friends know if they come in, please ask for me. Or if you come back, please ask for me, you know, and I always give you the greatest service. Uh, a lot of people wouldn't go. I'd offer free install for people that didn't, or they want to learn how to work the receiver or hi-fi, I'd always go their hoe. But I built a relationship with the consumer and the customer to be different. And that relationship, some of the people I met in my first year selling are still some of my best friends today. You know, you know, Dr. Cooper and I are still good friends and we started on a sales floor together. And this is, you know, 1982, 83, 84, a long, long time ago. So it's building those relationships with customers and, and your peers and maintaining that. A lot of people have people come and go in their lives, but maintaining relationships and building your own you know, network. Networking is so important and people don't understand the, how networking works, I think, or, or how big your network is without even knowing your network's big. Yeah. And today I'm gonna to share something with everybody about networking that you might never figure out, how big your network is, and you don't even think you have a network. Mm -hmm. And I always like to ask people I'm in front of, how big is your network? And they always say, my network's really small. But well, their network is really huge because see, I've been to almost every country in the world. I have 2.9 million miles in the air. I know people in all countries around the world. I know pretty much everybody in sports and NBA and NFL. And I know actors in Hollywood and I know lots of celebrities. And I would say my wealth of knowledge of people and my network is really, really big. Now see, if I ask Scotty how big his network is, he knows a lot of patients and everything. <coughs> but see, Scotty knows me. And see, my network is Scotty's network. So my network's huge, but Scotty's is huge because anybody I know, Scotty automatically knows because he has my network. See, that's the, the gift of networking. There's only one person you know because they're entire network. And that's how multi-level marketing works. And that's also how marketing works. You know, this person knows 10,000 people and this person only knows one person, but you know that person, you know all 10,000 people too. It's such a simple concept. And that's why Instagram and Facebook do so well when they market products, because if you have somebody that's say a influencer, and a lot of people don't know what influencers are, but influencers make a lot of money. Influencers can be anybody. They could be an athlete, they could be a model. They could be somebody that's just a social media influencer because they're big on social media and those people and i'll give you an example i went after a particular athlete that i went after for a particular reason because he had the biggest network in the entire world and still does today 
This is kind of a trick question. I'll ask you, the audience. Who is the biggest social media person in the world? A lot of people always tell me, well, the Kardashians, Justin Bieber. They only name the people in the U.S. They don't think globally. Well, the biggest person actually is Cristiano Ronaldo. Cristiano Ronaldo has over 500 million followers between his Instagram and his Facebook. And he has the largest mass following because he's a world icon, not a U.S. icon, world icon. And outside the U.S., he's huge. And so we made Ronaldo headphones, and I had him being my brand ambassador at Monster for Ronaldo headphones. Yeah, it was amazing. Mm -hmm. So when you look at it that way, when, when you get, you know, people are happy when they say, oh, yeah, back then, this is, you know, 2014, 2015 when we were doing that. And he was getting 2 million likes per photo. That's pretty good. Yeah, you, you, you'd like to be able to have 2 million followers. He's getting 2 million. I think he gets 10 million likes now. Yeah. But yeah, but that's when I'm talking about social market and social marketing, how that is today. Traditional marketing, like when we grew up and you advertised, it was newspaper, radio and television. And today that's like the worst pipe of marketing. First of all, there are no more newspapers. They're, they disappeared because like I talked about music, media did the same thing. There are no more newspapers. Right. So. You know, I think this, there's a new thing that people do now called podcast. Oh, yeah, we're, <laughs> we're, we're doing one now. So, you know, that's, that, that's the way that people, you know, it's digitally, podcasts are great. But there's a, such a new way of technology in the world to, to reach people. And, uh, you know, through Facebook, Facebook marketing and, and through Instagram marketing, it's really, really big. And it's amazing what they do on those platforms. And today you see the craziest, you know, spots on both those formats um, but it works because if, if you have certain trends that you're looking for, you know, and those trends come up, if you ever shop for a watch before a particular product on Google, then you start getting those ads on your phone. Are they like, how do they know that? You know, because they're tracking what you do for what you Google on. That's, you know, it's the same thing, but it, it, it's a much better way today to advertise and a much better way of concept but a lot of people just don't understand it. But influencers, they have so much power over what people buy. And so a lot of people are into health and fitness and they'll follow their favorite trainers and their follow their favorite people and what their diet is and what they do because they influence those people to be better, you know. And I think everybody likes having somebody that's a mentor or something that you want to do, whether I want to race go-karts and which driver am I going to listen to on how he did it or whatever it's going to be. But... It's a concept of finding the best people to do the best work, mm -hmm. like the Tom Brady's, and figure out what they're doing to have differentiation to make yourself better. So don't be good. Be great at what you do. In order to be great, you got to be disciplined. And you have to be different. You have to have differentiation because if you're doing like everybody else is doing and eating McDonald's every day, you're probably going to live the same lifestyle. There's a famous movie I always talk about, Groundhog Day. If you've never seen it, it's Bill Murray. It's a funny movie, but it's the same routine, the same every day. And you know what? As Americans, that's what we get caught up in. And we, we don't have the willpower to be different and have differentiation in our lives and structure our lives in a different way to become better people and be better in our lives, no matter what category that you want to be a professional, your marriage, your relationships, boyfriend, girlfriend, your training, your diet, whatever it is. It takes a mindset, a willpower, and, and, and it's different. Not everybody has it, but 
being differentiation in your life, you just have to change small things. But when you change small things and become successful in those things, you can start changing medium things to become successful. And then it grows to becoming changing bigger things in your life that you change things that you would have never thought you could do to have the best success in your life. Differentiation, but you got to be disciplined in it is, is very, very key. Yeah. I think one of the things I really like too that we were talking about today is how someone would tell you like, hey, that's not possible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and what your response would be to that. <laughs> so two things. When I was retail store manager, not one of my associates were allowed to ever tell the customer no. I would never, you're not allowed to tell them no. You will come get me because you can't say the, the N-word. You are not allowed to say no to anybody. So a guy says, can I get a TV for free? You can't say no. You can say, let me go see what I can do. And I would tell the customer, I can't give it to you for free, but I am going to give you 10% off because you're a loyal customer. But I never said no. I just told him what I could do. And I use that concept through most of my life that I'll never say no, but I'll tell you what I can do for you. You know, because no is such a negative thing. And it's people say no. You know, and so when it comes to business and you're working with larger companies and you're doing collaborations, a lot of people like to say, well, that's impossible. Well, no, that can never be done. There's always a way to get it done. You know, there's always a way that professional athletes are making $300 million because there's a way to get the contract done. You know, um, I'm a Cowboy fan. Sorry for everybody else because <laughs> we're the most hated people in the world. But yeah, but uh, my last name's Land. And as a, you know, little kid, there's a guy named Tom Landry. And he's one of the greatest coaches, Dallas Cowboys. And as growing up, people call me Tom Landry. And I just became a big Cowboy fan. I always have been. So, you know, our current you know, quarterback, Dak Prescott, you know, every year, last few years, you know, they, they franchise tagged the poor guy. The guy is a great quarterback and everyone else is signing $300 million contracts. Not Dak. He's getting another $37 million, but he just goes out and he does his job so good every single year, you know, and they almost franchise him, tag it again. They franchised another quarterback the last few years. And I'll give you guys a, a little riddle right now. Which quarterback in the last five years made more money than anybody else in the NFL? Does anybody know? You wouldn't even know the person because he's such a, um, and I just forgot his name. Uh, <laughs> you guys are going to tell me that. Who, who's the uh, Minnesota Vikings quarterback? Kirk Cousins. Cousins. Okay, so you're going to fill us in. <laughs> so here, here's where you cut it. Anyway, the answer is Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins made more money in the last five years because they had to franchise tag him for 37 million for so many years because they kept franchise tagging him because he went from team to team to team. He made more money. So franchising tag might not be a bad way to go, right? Because you're making more than any other quarterback doing that. So he actually, Kirk Cousins and Dak had a conversation. He said, hey, don't be mad about taking the, the, the biggest money in the NFL, franchise tag every year, your money will come. Of course, this week, Dak just signed for $160 million for four years, four-year contract, $40 million a year. It's not a bad contract. So I got my quarterback finally. But, you know, you think about quarterbacks today and the money you pay guys, and the guys like the Bryce Harpers and the, the Tatises and the Mike Trouts. And, you know, you think about guys making $300 million a year. Well, I got to go back to differentiation. I got to go back to the way they conduct their business and, and go to the field. And, and the success they have, it, it's, it's absolutely amazing. So what are, I know I, I always love to ask, what is a, um, 
just off the top of your head, what's just like a great story of how you were ever able to differentiate yourself? Well, some people are just gifted differently, right? So, you know, there's a test you can take called Strength Finder. And when you take that, it gives you your top five strengths and all humans have certain strengths. And it's really good as a business or an individual to know your top five because it's the way you interact with everybody else around your life. And in a relationship, it's really important because if you know your strengths and know your spouse's weaknesses, you know, together you guys can build a great foundation together. It's like that in a lot of things in business and people, well, my top one's woo. And woo is uh, not very few people have woo. It means you can woo somebody or, you know, as a salesperson that trusts you or you can get them to buy something and people like you right away and you can interact with somebody all of a sudden you woo them and they just want to do what you tell them to do. It's kind of like an influencer or they're woo. They can influence people. So I have woo about me, which puts me on a different scale, allows me to do things in the sales world or the marketing world that a lot of people wouldn't be able to do because I know how to woo somebody. Um, not purposely, it's just naturally, it comes natural to me. It's, it's just how I do it. But you know, not everybody has that. So then they would have to work much, much harder for that, you know, to try to get that. But they shouldn't be doing that. They should take their own strengths. One of the strengths is achiever, you know, which I have too. But you don't have to have woo, but you can be a great achiever because you're so disciplined in all your things that you're doing to achieve the greatness that you become good at it. You know, I, I think knowing those traits and, and, and having those are really, really important and knowing yourself of what you're good at. And I, I spoke about this earlier when I was talking to you guys, but a lot of companies fail their employees and the employee really never failed. They were put in a bad situation and they weren't good at what they were doing in their job role. And that role was not right for the employee. And the company failed the employee. Did the employee get fired? They did. Did they fail? They but the employee didn't fail. The company failed them because they put them in the wrong <coughs> role. And knowing what role to put your employee in so they're successful and good mentors and good managers manage their people, you know, and set the example, but know their people so well what they're good at and task them to do those things to where they can have success. And it's sad for me when people fail and it wasn't their fault. Right. Yeah. So I'm a woo is my number one. And I'm also- Hey, get this. Woo woo. <laughs> exactly. I'm also in my top five. I have achievers as well. Yeah. So that's really funny. We should compare our top five. But I always tell people about every two years, you should retake the test because you go through ups and downs in life and your five you know, strengths will always change throughout your whole life because you will change and your jobs will change and your relationships will change. And the people that come in and out of your life have an influence on you and they will change too. Right. You know, yeah. I think after I took that test, it allowed me to accept who I was and yeah. be able to grow into what it is and not be afraid of it and just trust that that is what I'm good at and just to go for it. When you add a woo and a woo, you still got woo. It's still woo. <laughs> it doesn't change. It's not double woo. It's just still woo. But it's a powerful woo. But I don't need a lot of woos. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's not there's a lot. Yeah. 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 In our company, we all had to take the test and there was only six woos in our entire company. We had over a thousand employees. Okay. I always say, woohoo. <laughs> nice. Just for kind of wrapping it up, what is, first of all, what is one thing that you think anyone listening needs to hear today that would change their life? Um, you know, I, I think life is different today. I think the world's changed today. With the coronavirus shutting down the world economy, shutting down all gyms, shutting down all restaurants, shutting down people, and uh, 
it's made people think differently. And we live in a different society today and it will never change. And a world pandemic has changed people's view and, and life. But I will tell you, you know, you, you're going to take two paths in life. One, you, you can watch the news all day long and go get so caught up in all the negativity of the world and all the death and what's causing. Or you can take a step back and kind of find all the good that's still happening and what things are, are the best and how people are over conquering a world pandemic and in a, in a world that's like that and create your own world. And how do people create their own world? Well, during this time, I, I made my family travel more. I made my family do the more regular things than we ever did before. And a lot of my friends did the same thing. And, you know, I, I, during the pandemic, you know, I threw a big party in Las Vegas. And I, I also went to the Dominican Republic. And I also went to Mexico. And I've traveled just as much. And I never changed my lifestyle. And I still went out to eat in every place that would allow me to eat inside. And I've never changed uh, because just because the world is changing doesn't mean you have to. And just because everybody else is doing something doesn't mean you have to. And, you know, I have empathy and I have a huge heart for the people that were affected. People lost loved ones and all that, too. However, at some point when you're made to stay at home for eight or nine months and have your food delivered and people are so scared to go outside anymore and people are just changed by the way one thing happened in the world you know you, you don't have to let it affect you in the way it's happened people lost their jobs because they couldn't go to work and people had to work from home and you know more people work from home today than ever before and i'll just say that you, you know uh you got to have a different mindset and you can't get caught up in the trash of the news every single day because it can overwhelm you and you can be cause such a negative environment in you know, what, what's being fed to people. I, I don't really know how to explain it, but it causes us to lose our way. It's caused a lot of people I know to lose their way because of the negativity in the world today and all the bad that comes with it. And people couldn't find their own way through that. And they've lost their way, a lot of people, unfortunately, because of the pandemic. And I know people lost their homes and their businesses and crisis that happened, you know, uh, because they let it change them too much, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. And it's, 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 and like I say, that's one of those things that we face in life and it's a difficult challenge. Maybe for some people a lot harder than others, but it's what you do with the difficult times in your life and the challenges that come to you that make you a bigger, better person when you overcome those challenges, yeah. you know? Absolutely. It's tough, man. It's really tough. It's not easy for a lot of people. Right. And I have empathy and I'm sympathetic to people that through those, these times where they lost loved ones and things, but you got to find the good in the world and you got to create your own path and your own energy. And I say this, if you surround yourself with good and not good people, great people, great people doing great things, you'll be great. Trust me, because greatness, you're surrounded by greatness and surely everybody knows somebody doing great things, you know, whether it's charity work or whether it's, you know, running a successful business or raising an amazing family, but they're doing great things in, in some great way. And follow those people and have them as your mentors and, and, and you'll be great because there's a lot of greatness in the world. Just, you know, negativity, it only takes one person in a room that's negative to bring the whole world, because it's easy to be negative. It's easy to frown, you know, all the time and be grumpy, 
You know, there are a lot of grumpy people in the world. I just don't understand being grumpy because I'm just so kind to everybody. Yeah. You know, one thing that really bothers me is travel. Because the travel industry, everybody teaches TSA like they're trash. They didn't bomb the Twin Towers. It wasn't their fault that they're being scared, but they teach them about trash. And you know who's really abused is the flight attendants, the pilots, and the people behind the counter. And when, when someone, like, cancels a flight, do you think that lady canceled your flight? I'm like, what are you... I have to go up behind her and say, I'm so sorry that you were treated that way. I can't, your job, your customer service, and you're doing such an amazing thing. And like, you have to put up with the people don't. I have to go behind that guy and make her feel so good. I've had people cry before in airports because I go back behind that person and I just say, you don't get paid enough to be treated the way you, no human should be treated like you were just treated. That was the most different. You didn't do that. You didn't cause that. You didn't create snow to cancel the flight. But as human beings, we want to just take it out on anybody as soon as we can be the most negative person and treat people like trash because we think we're above everybody else or we deserve to be in the first class when we don't get first class, you know. You know what? Do I get first class? Yeah, because I got three million miles in the <laughs> air. But if I sit in the middle seat in the back, I don't complain because, you know, I'm so used to flying and I, it doesn't bother me. You know, I, I call it last class, but, you know, <laughs> I'm back in last class, but I... You know, it's still good. Like, I don't mind. I'm still going to where I, at the end of the day, I'm getting to where I get to go, you know, and it's not a bad thing. You know, I think we get so caught up sometimes where it's easy to complain a lot and point fingers at people and treat average people in the world that we don't even know, like dirt, like waitresses and people in the service industry, you know, and first responders that have came and put their lives on the line during COVID and during 9-11 and times of tragedy and earthquakes and people like that, you know, firefighters and policemen, you know, the society today, now all of a sudden they're better than policemen. And like, you know, policemen are all bad. Not all policemen are bad, but, you know, these are people that every single day try to work so hard, you know, for general people in the public like us. And I just wish everybody could be more gracious and love everybody in the world as one and just have that type of energy and good concept toward everybody, the world would be a much better place if that happened. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing your greatness with us. Oh, it's I, a, I love being here. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. I love that. So uh, for people that want to hear more from you, is there a way to, to follow you or on social media? Or Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm Monster Music Man on Instagram, you know, and the reason I'm Monster Music Man because I was in the music industry forever. We had a label and, you know, I was honored to be able to travel with and tour with a lot of guys and win Grammys and go to Grammys and do a lot of different things. Yep. And you can find my my story on my Instagram page, Monster Music Man. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing your greatness. This was this was so great. And I mean, the training you did for our team was was amazing as well. So glad they enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thanks so much. Yeah. Success to everybody. Yeah. So this is Scotty Cooper with the Miracle Academy, where miracles are expected.